for one night, at least, the bench holds down the Nuggets behind Bones and Zeke and J-Mike. This is Locked On Nuggets. You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team Every day. Thanks for joining us and making this your first listen each and every day. And thanks for smashing that like and subscribe button on the old YouTubes. Our quest for 2000 before the All-Star break to prove that Adam is smarter than I am continues. Today's show is brought to you by Price Picks. Check out pricepicks.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network and the Nuggets Insider for 104.3 The Fan in Denver. Joined by Adam Mares. He's director of content for DMVR at ddmvr.com. You can check out all his work there, including the list. Fabulous information. Uh, I thought last week's edition was really, 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 really good, by the way. I, I, I took the time to make sure that I read that one, and it was excellent. And you are just, you continue to be absolutely smash on teaching people about basketball, Adam. Thank you for that, Matthew. I appreciate it, man. On today's show, we'll talk about the win over the Knicks, a rolling, raucous rump through the Knicks, and the bench absolutely going wild uh, in this one. Where do you want to start? What do you want to start with? What's your big takeaway from this game? Uh, It's the bench. I mean, it has to be the bench. I feel like the bench did such a good job. We wondered how starters would respond if the bench ever handed them a massive lead, and it turns out they just go to bed. Um, but we can talk about that later. The bench, uh, Bones Highland, Zeke Naji, Jamichael Green, as you teased at the, at the intro. But I really want to start with Bones and Zeke because these are the games you really need. Like when you have young players, you need games like this where not only do they get the confidence of playing a lot of minutes, but they're the reason you won. Like tonight, I wonder what Jokic said in the locker room tonight. Like <laughs> almost every single night, it's like we won because of Jokic. Tonight was a night where it's like, hey, you won – because of you guys and um it just was a really strong performance bones is up and down and will continue to be but zeke i kind of feel like he's sneaky stringing together some good games like a lot of good games in a row right now you're you were really high on his defense and i and tonight he absolutely looked the part like he was Um, he was exceptional i thought tonight defensively um gave him great minutes you know, 0 of 4 from 3, and for him to contribute the way that he did, I think that that's meaningful, right? Like, if he doesn't hit threes and he's still able to give you something, that's a big step forward for him, I feel like. So here's the thing that's interesting, because I don't know that I would say I'm high on his defense. I'm really high on his perimeter defense. And this, sure. is, the weird th- this yeah. is the weird thing about him, is usually when you have a big that guards on the perimeter, they're also, especially like Zeke is strong, but I don't know about his interior defense. In fact, there were a couple of plays today where he kind of got beat inside when he was guarding a bigger, you know, a, a regular sized big, not somebody bigger than him, just somebody his size, but get him out on the perimeter. I mean, today, I know it's not always like this, although it's pretty consistent today. He moved his feet on the perimeter against guard, uh, against the guard players, the ball handlers about as well as any four you're going to see in the league, you yeah. know, especially four off of the bench. That's how well he was able to keep pace multiple crossover spin moves this or that he just he was a shadow tonight on defense uh bones with 22 on six of 12 shooting four of seven from three including the the 
vicious step back off of pretty good arm shiver. Uh, six rebounds, three assists, and a plus 27. They just smoked the Knicks when Bones is on the court tonight. He was really good. And it's his threes are worth a little bit more than just regular threes, I feel, because it, Michael Porter Jr. is this way too. When he makes like two or three threes in a row, it feels like Denver goes on a 12-0 run. Like it just, yeah. for some reason, they compound. And tonight, that was Bones. I mean, there was a lot of guys contributing and, and making shots and doing this. But when Bones adds to that, when you already are rolling and then Bones is making threes, the next thing you know, you're up 20 points, which is exactly what happened in that second quarter. Yeah, the second quarter was, and I will say this too, like they got it rolling and I thought the starters came back in and they, like they were good in that second quarter as well. Like Aaron Gordon in particular, I thought was really good yeah. in that second quarter, like the cuts and just like everything, like he's strung together a really good stretch. Um, what do you make of the third quarter from the starters? You know, let down. Um, I don't, I don't know if I make a whole lot from it. Denver was up by a lot. I never felt like yep. they were going to lose this game. Yep. I do feel like Taj Gibson in particular was very physical tonight and was in a way that for whatever reason got under Jokic's skin. I thought Jokic was going to get tossed tonight at yeah. that certain point, which is weird when you're up 20. Like, what do you, you know, are you really going to let these things get under your skin? Um, and because of that, they just kind of got on their heels a little bit and, and allowed the Knicks to sort of crawl back to make it at least frustrating down the stretch. But a lot of it just came down to, for whatever reason, Yoke kind of took this night off. It's funny. He had a great night. He had a great line. But he got frustrated with this one, and it kind of took him out of it. And I think that's the only reason that this game didn't end in the third quarter. Altitude was doing a really good job of showing the number of times that he got fouled. And this, so this is like a, a, a tough one for me where – I don't necessarily want to like, I don't want to cape for him because he's not the only player that doesn't get a good whistle. I've said before that he gets a worse whistle than his, than the players at his level. Like I have repeatedly said, like just objectively, if you look at the free throw rates for the MVP candidates, they are all significantly higher than Jokic. And there's no way to justify that given that Jokic plays center in the NBA. Right, <laughs> like right. there's just no way. Um, tonight was particularly egregious. Like, I don't, I honestly don't mind him being frustrated just because there are nights when it's like, a, it's like he's frustrated because there's high leverage opportunities that he misses. He was just getting hammered tonight. Like, just getting hit constantly over and over and over again. And there just wasn't, they just weren't calling it. They just decided not to call it. And, and that was just like the way it went tonight. Um, and it's the way it goes most nights. And I honestly, I have no idea what the recourse is. I don't know how to fix that problem. I don't. Yeah. I mean, neither does nobody. Nobody really seems to. I mean, it is funny. And, it, and we got a note. Taj Gibson fouled out tonight in 27 minutes. So it's not like he didn't get called for fouls. It's just that I think Taj Gibson knew. Whereas five years, was it four years ago when the game 82 with the Timberwolves, you could get physical with him in a way that I still felt like he was fouling him in that Timberwolves game or whatever. But, you know, whatever, like he still could be strong enough to bother him. Jokic has gotten so much stronger and just better with his body now that like Taj Gibson looked tiny. Like Taj Gibson, I don't blame him for being so physical tonight. It was the only chance he had uh, to yeah. stop him. So of course he was going to do that. But yeah, Yoke, I don't know if this game was closer. How would Jokic have handled it? Would he have, I, I have to, I think he probably would have turned it up maybe because they were up so much. 
But Jokic was just very irritable tonight. And I feel like he's been irritable now a couple games in a row. And I wonder if this is three games to go before the All-Star break. I think just three games before the All-Star break. And this is like, you're just grouchy. He's just grouchy. Well, what will fix that if you're down is a trip in February to Cleveland, Ohio. That (laughs) nothing will make you, will get you in the right headspace. I'm honestly curious how he looks at the all-star weekend now. Cause I know in years like, you know, it's a break or this or that. I know he's then he's gone from maybe being the outsider or the new guy to kind of embracing it. And the Jan, he gets along with Giannis. He gets along with Westbrook. Like he's around guys and he's kind of enjoyed it. I wonder if the novelty has worn off at all. Like if he's now like, I don't really actually want to be there or if he really wants to be there. I don't know. I'd be curious. I think he probably really wants to be there because he's also, um, I, and look, I don't know. I don't have inside like information on this and I wouldn't want to, like, honestly, I don't, it's one of those things where, like, I don't want to spend the time to find out, but like it would appear based off of the changes in his wardrobe mm. and the cars he drives mm. and videos that we've seen on the road. Like he's an NBA player now, like yeah. not, not fully, but he's more an NBA player than he was two years ago. And all-star weekend is very fun. If you are a sub 30 NBA player like it's nothing right. but fashion parties right right, right it's right. fashion parties and cool people. celebrity parties and yeah celebrities it's exhausting but it's exhausting and like uh so much to do you only have to do like you have media and you have to visit with like NBA sponsor events which is annoying but in general they get to kind of run the weekend they get to do and if they're late they're late and nobody bothers them like that's one of the things that they learn this is why i always think it's funny is when they first go they're like okay i gotta be on time because they're used to like their entire lives being if i'm late i get fined and then they realize about the second year into all-star they're like oh nothing happens if i'm late it's just (laughs) he's not here because it's too much of a circus i love it that's funny And, and guys just start like showing up whenever they want so um, I, I think he still, probably is still gonna gonna look forward to it, and, and you know after that he'll do whatever it is that he does, and hopefully get some horse time in on a hopefully on a beach somewhere, and maybe come back rested and recharged for the second half of the season. Um, while we take a break, let's talk a little more about, about Bones on the back half, um, yeah. because just because he he was so spectacular, and I think he deserves a little bit more bump. I also want to talk um, a little bit about why in particular I, I think that this was. Such a remarkable performance from the bench. We'll do that when we come back on Locked on Nuggets. But first, I want to tell you about price picks. All right, NBA fans, are you looking for daily fantasy option for the NBA? Then you need to try the award-winning app, Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. You pick two to five players and over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. No having to go up against pros that know how to do this and spend all their entire day Going through the lineup data, it's just you versus the numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. They've got any prop you can think of. Points scored to rebounds, even steals. They've got mixed sport entries. They've got stuff for college basketball, college football, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. And for a limited time, Prize Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. Users get $50 for free. If a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point, but you got to use code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to locked on fans. Sign up today and use code NBA. $50 for free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point. 
Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. We'll be right back on Lockdown Nuggets. Thanks for making Lockdown Nuggets your first listen. The NBA trade deadline is Thursday, February 10th. Oh, wow. It's, it's, it's tomorrow when you're hearing this. At 3 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Mountain, and the Lockdown NBA podcast will be covering it live from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Join Kim Becker, John Corrales, and my guy, Lockdown Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to get analysis of every blockbuster move. Subscribe to the Lockdown NBA YouTube and turn on your notifications so you know when they go live. You also want to subscribe to that because Adam and I are both on that show during the week as well because that's how smart we are you and me buddy <laughs> when are they gonna give us a show when are they gonna last yell at each other about other teams that's the that's the real question um okay so bones gets it going tonight absolutely showed out uh he has a great game versus the lakers he has a great game versus the knicks i'm sensing a pattern are you um maybe <laughs> i mean look they're they're are you trying to say, actually, I don't know where you're going with this, against bad teams or against big market teams? Because <laughs> <laughs> both apply. It's true. Uh, I think he gets a little bit more up for the high-profile teams. I think uh, be. because he, he he doesn't exactly go wild versus the Pistons, right? Right, yeah. I could see that. Look, I think Bones is a showman, man. I mean, that's part of this. Yeah, he, he is. He, and he it's also, is. you know, this one was at home. That Lakers one, I believe, also at home. So some of this is the home crowd. I mean, the crowd loves him. You know, when he dropped uh, Kemba Walker, the crowd loved yeah. that one. Um, I don't know. I, the team kind of needs it, to be honest. I mean, we've talked for years now. Honestly, since Yoke, the Yoke era began, that this team hasn't had a ton of personality. They've been quiet. They're like a quiet bunch. I think Bones is a curveball in that. Like, he's a pretty loud, expressive person. So... When Jokic left, they were down three. Yeah, uh, they they were he was in minus three in that first quarter, and I was like, "This is gonna be bad." I I was like, "This," because Obi Toppin came in, and every time that I I watch the Knicks, Obi Toppin comes in and makes stuff happen, and the Knicks go on a run, and then the starters come back and they melt down. That's like one of the things that was really interesting about tonight is this has the recipe for it be, get like getting out of control, and then the home crowd being really unhappy you know, with them no showing and not playing well because the starters still didn't give great effort on defense and the Knicks bench comes in and the Knicks bench has a lot of like really explosive guys and really quick guys. And the Nuggets just like stepped up and matched them. And I thought that was like, and Bones leading the charge there, I think was really key for when he's able to be confident and able to get into his spots. And he'll only get better at that through the years. Like that's one of the things you can look at. If you project him out and you say he won't get as rattled by high defensive pressure next year or the year after or the year after that, then he can come in and be and be a guy that, you know, once out of every four games is able to come in and make a lead into a bigger lead or turn a deficit into a lead like those kind of things. I think there's something even simpler at play here, Matt, and honestly, I I really sincerely wonder if this is the story with the untold story with Bones Highland and why maybe he hasn't played more minutes. Tonight he wrote the plays down on a wrist on a piece of like a band that he wrote on his wrist. Maybe it was tape, I don't know what it was. Wrote the plays down so that he would be able to call them out while running point guard. I think it's entirely possible that the that aspect of the game which is very important when you're a point guard just knowing all of the plays it, and even knowing the names of the plays maybe has come a little bit slower than we anticipated um and, and look I, I 
we learn a lot about NBA basketball covering this league, but there's still a lot of things about NBA basketball we don't know. I catalog the Nuggets' plays throughout the season and in the offseason. I go back and look at it. It, maybe there's a lot more to this and more complications than even, you know, there's more for us to be discovered and we're making this sound simple when it's not. I don't know. But I think that there probably is something too. Bones is still learning sort of the, the, the like level one stuff about the playbook and how to get a team into that, that those kinds of things. So when you talk about growth, part of this is just probably know the playbook better next year. It'd be really great if they play the Suns again. Just because like Chris Paul is going to be like calling out the plays and being like, no, 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 you want to go here. (laughs) Helping him out. Like, yeah. Hey man, you're going to, you want to, you no, not there. Go. Okay. All right. Now I'm going to draw a foul on you. Like, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Um, (laughs) Look, I I mean, I don't mean to be cynical. It just comes naturally to me. Uh, J Mike, a little bit of a showcase game, a little bit. A little bit. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I, I look, we both think that he's on the block. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll say this. I think it was his best game of the season tonight. And he's had a rough season, especially shooting. But tonight, it was all on display. The defense, like his defense in pick and rolls, getting steals, the just the toughness, the three-point shot making on pick and pops. Like it was all there. This was a really good Jamichael Green game. So maybe it was a showcase game. Maybe it was something like that. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't get moved. I don't think it hinges on tonight. One. Just you just never know if a guy will sure. get moved or not. For sure. Um, I want to ask you this question, and I think I know the answer, but I, I want to kind of get your thoughts on it anyway because we haven't like really addressed it. Um, instead of asking you like what you think about him, because I think it's pretty like just self evident, like he is what he is. Instead, I'll ask you this: Do you want Bryn Forbes in the playoff rotation? It's completely situational to me. Like okay. there are. I think he was a part of why Denver, that second unit, scored so well. I mean, the floor was very was very well spaced. He knocked down the shots that he needed to, and then everything else fell into place. But there's – look, Milwaukee last year against Miami, he plays a ton. He scores a ton of points. He wins them the series. By the time you get to the finals, he just doesn't even get off the bench. To me, that's who Bryn Forbes is. I think what's difficult about Bryn Forbes is – when you trade players, even though they traded players that were injured for the year, out for the year, there's still this idea of you made the trade, so why did you make it unless the guy's going to play it? And I think that maybe – I wonder if when Denver's fully healthy, if it's more of a, hey, Bryn doesn't have to play tonight. If it's not his matchup, we can go to someone else. Yeah. Why don't we take a break, and we'll come back, and we'll bounce around the league. We'll look at some of the trades that went down in the league today because both of them impacted the Western conference. Uh, so we can talk about that and uh, I will regale you with tales of, Oh boy, the Lakers. I know, um, we'll do that fun. when we come back on locked on nuggets. But first I want to say about belt bar because built bar is amazing and delicious and nutritious and exactly what you need to stick to your new year's resolutions. Have you tried the belt bar puffs? Because if you haven't, you're missing out on one Those of the Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. And yet, they're still good for you. They still have all of the good stuff that comes, the protein that comes in the built Bars. That's how great the Puffs are. Low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bars with built Bars. They're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories, while most built Bars contain only 130 calories. They've got four grams of sugar, four net, net carbs, and only 17, and, and up to 17 grams of protein. 
Mint brownie, coconut, love coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They all are delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. Go to Built.com and check them out today. That's right. Just go to Built.com and get yourself a Built Bar. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for making Locked on Nuggets your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Final segment here on Locked on Nuggets for a Wednesday after the Nuggets get a big win versus the Knicks. Um, they Hey, I said they were going to go 2-1. I've called, like... I'm doing well. I think I feel like I'm, I'm starting to figure them out, Adam. I Even though like, you said it was the Pels too, huh? It was your scary one. Yeah, that it's. Although I'll say it that, I will say, Nets and Knicks very unimpressive. <laughs> like, yeah, extremely unimpressive teams. Uh, you were probably busy with pregame stuff. Uh, the Nets tonight got down twenty-eight to two to start the game. Wow. Wow. I saw they were down 30 points, but I didn't realize it was 28 to two to start. Yeah, it was 28 to two. Uh, so what are we doing here, Matt? What are we doing? Do you, do you know who uh, has the best odds to win the NBA championship this year? Currently? Oh man, I've been yelling about this on, on my podcast over on action network every single week. Like I have railed. I what are we have doing? railed against this. I've asked bookmakers. Like that's where I'm at is like, I am going to bookmakers and being like, I need you to explain this. Like I'm five. Why you still have the nets as the title favorites. Is it nine in a row they've lost now or eight in a row? Something like that. I'm just like, what's going on here? You're terrible. Uh, The Lakers get absolutely smacked by the bucks tonight. The bucks walked in and outclassed them. One Oh five 79. Uh, Russell Westbrook was benched and after the game said, well, I would have been out there. I would have loved to have been out there to help, but that's not my decision. Uh, and was and like, allegedly, he was like, allegedly went over to console LeBron and AD yes. on the bench to say, Hey yes. man, like, you know, I wish I could be out there, but coach. yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's bad. Um, so that happened tonight. The, the, after the game, like LeBron looks as dejected as, as possible. Um, Anthony Irwin over at uh, Silver Screen and Roll described it as we are watching an implosion. Like it's, it certainly seems like the Lakers are coming down. We'll see what they do at the deadline, but oh boy, Um, not good there. I'm I'm gonna sweat this out for two more days, Matt, because I don't I want to write the Lakers off. They've shown us nothing that like makes you think they they shouldn't nothing thinks they could be a title team, but can they be a team that's like a play in like they sneak through the play and into the playoffs or something that's, but if they keep Russell Westbrook, like if they can't move him, I, I might, I might be willing to, I might be willing to say it. Um, want to note that Marcus Morris, um, gave a really hard flagrant foul clothesline to John Morant tonight. Yeah. Um, I, it was really weird though. Because the Grizzlies didn't like go in the locker room and like take a big like pose for an imposing photo and like there wasn't their yeah, fans like the weird. Grizzlies. Wow, the Grizzlies fans aren't aren't doing like fan fiction about people fighting. It's yeah. It's, oh like, man. I will say, however, that um, that whole thing, as much as like the like Morris did this tonight, and I'm just like, this is one of the reasons why nobody was like the reaction was what it was. Was that everyone's like, yeah, but like it's the Morris twins. Right. I will say the fact that Morris is still out 
like wow, it it's crazy that Jokic only got one game for after with with Morris still out from that injury. That's wild to me. Um, yeah, I like I like that you're like eh, that's eh. that's eh. play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Um, so let's talk about the trades. Okay. Let's talk about the Pelicans first because that that impacts the Nuggets, I think, more directly. So division rival Portland, they move Powell and Covington, and they take on Bled, and they get a first, and they they get a protected first round pick, and um, Keon Johnson and whoever else. And then today they move CJ McCollum to the Pelicans. Um, I was like writing a post about the, how the Pelicans were in pole position to get that trade done when yeah. Woj came out. I was like, it's done. And I was like, shit. Um, so that's. The Pelicans pick up CJ McCollum. I think the Pelicans getting better is probably not great for Denver, given that they've had issues with the Pelicans for whatever reason, right? And they get if they get Zion back, and it's I'm not saying it's like a serious threat. I just like another good team, right? Yeah. Where it's like JV and Zion and Herb Jones and Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum. Like that's a five man lineup that I'm like, okay, that's that's probably a pretty good team. I, I don't um, look the plan is shaping up to be really scary for sure. I mean, you don't want to be in the plan. And by the way, Minnesota, one of the hottest teams in the NBA right now, right on the hills of Denver one game back in the last column, one game back in the last column from Denver. Um, and, and Dallas is not slowing down Dallas on the Blazers side. What Dallas might slow down. They might. We'll I keep see. expecting it, but I've expected it the entire year and they just keep working. On the Blazers side, so there was reports tonight, and I'd heard about this a little bit. Uh, there's conversations between Portland and Detroit to try and get an old friend of the Nuggets, Jeremy Grant. So Yusuf Nurkic and Jeremy Grant on Portland. I still think it's like a really weird, you know, it, it makes, a, I guess, a little bit more sense if Jeremy wants to be like the, a number, like he takes over CJ's spot, right? And he's like the a number two guy behind Dame. I'll just tell you the people I talked to today, everyone was like, Oh, it's like the name it's Dame open season in the summer. Like, how can you look at this team and be like, Oh it's yeah, true. they can definitely. It's true. Yeah. Like, like I understand Dame's thing about loyalty when the team is trying to win, but they're not now. Like right. I, I, here's what I'll say. I don't like this idea of players forcing their way out unless of course a situation looks like in Dame's in it for Dame right now, where, it doesn't look like there is a clear path to success, especially within the time frame of which he'll be good. Jokic, you know, this bad fortune fell on the Nuggets. So, like, this year being a tough year. But you could see that very shortly that team will be competitive once again. Dame, I honestly don't see a scenario where he is competitive with the Portland Trailblazers before he's, like, no longer a, a, a type of player that can carry you. So... To me, I don't understand why he would want to stay there. I don't understand why the team would want him to stay there. I don't understand any of it. But it scares yeah. me. It scares me. I don't think he's going to get moved tomorrow, but it does scare me just in terms of like, he's still a good player. And when players do get to the point where it's like, okay, I'm ready to ask for a trade. Generally speaking, they go to like two places. And one of those places scares me. I understand what you're getting at. Um, I'll just tell you that it would be quite the crazy Ivan. Like it would be out of nowhere. It would be a complete reversal of everything that he has signaled, which is that he is going to give this year in part, honestly, because he's not going to play this year. The abdomen's too bad. Like he's got to get healed up. Right. And if he's not going to play this year, you can wait. 
Like you have, you have time. You can be patient, wait till the summer, get healthy and then make it, make whatever decision he wants to see. And that way you can see, you can wait until free agency starts and everybody starts moving around and the Blazers have gone through draft night and maybe they add something else or they use, a, you know, whatever it is that they do, or they get like a top pick and they can trade that for whoever, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's a possibility, there's a legit possibility that the Blazers get a really high lottery spot and they use that to trade for Bradley Beal. That's not inconceivable, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of ways that this can work out. I would tell you that the scenario that you're worried about involving the team that you're worried about, it's always on the table. Um, and I'm always like, it's very hard for me to be surprised if the Lakers get a star, I would be surprised if they, if between in the 48 hours, any less than that, I would be surprised too. I would be surprised too. I'm just saying like this league has weird, a weird underbelly to it. There's a weird underbelly. underbelly Why are the Kings like, you don't like the move? How did the Kings trade for a multiple-time All-Star and still got a bad, bad, get a bad deal? It is funny that the funniest part of that trade is that I saw Woj has a quote on one of the hits he was doing on ESPN where he said, GMs around the league were shocked to find out that Halliburton was like available. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. yeah. I'm telling you, this is my lesson from following the NBA now this closely for you know a decade or whatever, like, like in this level of detail around – you just got to call. You got to call an ask. Yes. Because like you never know when somebody's going to be like, yeah, you know, uh, so-and-so is available. You're like, wait, what? Excuse me? I'm not the, I, I am far from the most connected guy. I was talking to a GM though one time and he was telling me, he was like, you just have, you, uh, you make these calls and you don't want to deal with the inevitable. Are you an idiot? Why are you insulting me? Conversation. But you just have to ask like you just ask you just make it to where i'm going to ask you about every single player to see whether or not you'll move them because sometimes they will literally be like yeah if you want to yeah i mean we can talk about that yeah and it will shock you and you get really and then you're trying the way you described it was you're trying really hard not to seem too excited about it and be like yeah no we'll see what we can do here while inside you're like internally screaming oh my god i could get him um so yeah like hal burton you know, Sabonis is a really good player, but that's basketball hell. They traded they traded Tristan and Buddy Heald. So they traded a legit shooter, even if Buddy is on a bad contract and bad defensively. He still, teams always want shooting at the deadline. And a backup big, which I've been on this show telling you that like every team in the league wants. They traded both of those, plus Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, I mean, yeah. To get Demonis Sabonis when you're 20 and 35. Hey, Kyle, Kyle Lynch, Kyle Lynch is, is on your wavelength, Adam. He says, I wonder how they val- value Davey on them. My, I'm calling ask. Just be like, hey, man. Call ask. Find out. I don't know. Um, so none of the moves today, like, reshaped the Western Conference, obviously. Like, there's no big moves, I think. Well, um, they did They did in one way that, to your point about the Pelicans, that play-in, like, the Blazers now not going to be in the play-in. I, I feel pretty sure of that. And the Pelicans are going to be in the play-in. And I'm, it's just a bloodbath, man. I just, you really don't want to be in the play in. And I don't, you are, you are, you are real worried about the play. And I understand why I, I get why I have more faith in them in the play in environment. I think than you do Jamal Murray on 12 games, but under his belt now in a one and done, I just, there's just a lot of things to be very concerned about in the play in, but you you'll know. have the best player. It's true. Like, one game, you will have the best player. Yeah. 
So, and what Jokic is three and one in game sevens. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Three and, and the one, and the one loss. It's he was incredible. <laughs> Nobody else made it. He was the only guy that made threes in the entire game. He was great. I will always remember that as the uh, Evan Turner Myers Leonard game yeah. where Terry Stotts hadn't played them in months and was like, well, let's try it. I've got nothing else. And it worked. Um, okay. I'm not that concerned about it. it's too early to be really like, you know, looking at that standings like this or that, but you know, the Timberwolves are playing really well. Mavericks to your point have been on fire. So I don't know. Maybe Utah's the team most likely to fall down into the play. And somebody's going to fall down there. And right now, there's just a lot of teams at that that are right at that line. Like one good team is going to be in the play. In. I started my magic numbers spreadsheet this week. It's that time of year. That time of year, baby. I'm very excited, especially uh, the reason I had to start is because the Suns are going to clinch a playoff spot in like ten games. Like, They're really good, man. Them winning tonight against the 76ers, um, not not a statement win because they've had a million of these already, but they're just really good. I am, I am, I've come around to your way of thinking on them. What's that? that? They're a juggernaut. That that they are legitimately like until somebody proves that they can beat them, you have to assume I think that they're going to win. Like, I think the Bucks are the only team that can reasonably say, like, no, we're not scared. Like, the Bucks have a right to be like, no, we can beat them. Bucks have to sort of stay steady as well. I know they beat the Lakers, but. Yeah, but I don't. I, I, watch, I watch Milwaukee, and I don't see a team that's, like, trying to figure it out. I see a Milwaukee oh, course, team that's, like, that's, that's really has reached that level of, I'm not pushing myself after, the, after that run last year. After three deep playoff runs, I'm not pushing myself in February. I'm not doing right. it. You know, except like national TV versus the Lakers, they come out and they get the job done. Uh, question in the comments I thought was good uh, from Zamora, who always asks really good questions. Any guard stoppers you guys want to see in Denver? I, I don't really have like this big list of them. I mean, I do take note of the fact that Josh Hart, they are, that deal is not going to be finalized until the deadline. Makes me think that he's available, mm -hmm. that maybe he's not... Portland has him, but is wanting to include him in some other deal. I don't know that he's my guy. Like, I think Josh Hart's a really good player. I don't know that he's a stopper. Right. Like, you're going to put him on uh, Steph I'm... Curry, and all of a sudden, Steph Curry's going to have a bad series. Sure. He's not Mikhail Bridges, right? right? He's not DeJounte Murray. Um, I'm going to look down the list. You know, <laughs> no, he doesn't fit. His money, his money works too much. The guy is still really good defensively that nobody really pays attention to because he's so bad offensively is Eric Bledsoe. Like, Bled can still really defend. I'm yeah. going to be curious to see where he ends up. I actually – I wonder if he's going to wind up with the Lakers because he's a clutch client. Um, Alec Burks is on this list. I'm looking at defensive win shares uh, for guards this season. And so I'm just kind of like perusing the list of guys that might be available and trying to get a sense of like – um, hey, number 36, Will Barton. Shout out to him. Uh, Terrence Mann from the Clippers might be available. They're still looking to shed salary, so that's possible. Boston is open to moving Josh Richardson. What would you think about that? I don't have a big take on it. I, he's, he's, I don't have a big take on do it. You want a, do you want a defensive guy or not? The, this, is like, this is sort of the conversation about centers where you're like, hey, I've got this guy. He's like maybe the 12th best center. And it's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. After about three, it doesn't matter anymore. You just have a center. <laughs> So if you're not trading, if you're basically like, if you're not trading for Matisse Tybel, you can miss me. 
I just, I'm just saying, like, I don't get excited. Even Josh Hart, who's a very good defender, maybe he would fit in as like a system player. I just, you talk about, is he going to go stop Chris Paul or, or make it hard or turn the margin? Yeah, like, like, see, but some of this, this is like with the top level guys. I always think that these conversations are flawed anyway, because it's not about like, it's about how do you layer your defense? The Nuggets versus the Suns were just too tired to do what they need to do versus of course, Chris Paul. Uh, of course. But what I'm saying is the Nuggets have Aaron Gordon, who I think is a difference maker as a forward. Like they need a difference yeah. maker as a guard now. That, that's all I'm saying. Not They could get a good one and it will help. But I'm saying to win a title, I think this team has four of their five pieces in place and they need a, they need a, like a, somebody out there that's a difference maker defensively. It's really funny to me that we're basically back to, well, they have Gary Harris, but they need Aaron Gordon. And now they've got Aaron Gordon. It's like, well, need Gary, <laughs> Gary Harris. Turns out you need both like, guys. You need, turns out you need both in order to make it work. I think it was um, Nikaias, everyone loves though, Nikaias Duncan who wrote an article about Gary Harris's defense and, and a steep drop-off he's seen. I, I yeah. Full disclosure, I haven't watched a ton of Orlando Magic this year, so I can't attest to that, but it is possible people's opinion of Gary Harris. First of all, it might be the Gary Harris of 2018. That's everybody always remembers a play. This is the Trevor Ariza fallacy. Everybody, Trevor Reza had a great like run there for a while, but there was years at the end where the people kept thinking of him as the guy to stop LeBron or something. And it's like, hey, you're thinking of 2009 Ariza, not 2019 Ariza. Yep. Gary Harris, we might be thinking of 2018 Gary Harris, not 2022, but I don't know. I actually need to look at and figure out how, like, whether or not he can be traded for again. I'm not sure a team can trade again for a player, and I'm not sure that they can sign him even if he's bought out. There's a time limit on it. And I'm not sure what time that is. It would be weird to me that Gary at this age is still like that, though. Like, I just don't care what he's done in Orlando because, like, Gary knew the deal. Like, yeah. Gary, Gary, Gary knew the deal, you know. And so, I think that's that. That's a. I, I'm willing to. I, if Gary was was the option, if he's even eligible to go back to Denver, I think that would be the move. Is just you get Gary, you bring him off the bench, and he's your he's your defensive weapon. Cause I do think he was still really good in the playoff runs. Like he made a difference in that jazz series. No question about run. it. Yeah. No question about it. That, that was two years ago, but you know, you got anything else? It's all I got for, for today. I am looking at the standings. One thing that's interesting, you know, the West, I do think the bottom of that standings, the five, four, five, six, there'll be a race all the way to the finish line, but the top, the Suns are going to be the top seed, I think. Golden State probably yes. going to be the two. If you go out to East, though, I am curious. There are three games separating one through six right now. Yeah. And I do wonder how that's going to affect the finals chase when every team is going to probably have to sprint through the tape and then sprint through the first round, second, third, and fourth round out East. That's tough, man. That actually makes a big impact, whereas it is possible the other direction – a few teams get a little bit of an easier end of season and maybe even a slightly easier first round. So just kind of some like right now, Brooklyn, the title favorites are going to have to go on the road in the play in just to make it to the seven seed. So I just, I just, the East might actually end up having four great rounds of playoffs this year. Or I mean, three, three great rounds before the finals. Yeah. Here's, here's what's crazy. Milwaukee's path right now. If you assume that, that, that like, the Nets, KD comes back and the Nets win that seven spot. 
the Bucks route would be they would win, they would face Brooklyn in the first round. Yikes. And if they win, they would face the winner of Chicago and Toronto. I might think Toronto would win that. So they got to beat the team that ba- that bounced them in 2019. They'd and if they win them. that, if they win that, they're likely facing the Heat. Yeah, it's tough. Like, That's tough. yeah, it's a, the East is a bloodbath. Like, it is brutal. They are all very good teams. The depth is better. It's really wild just because, you know, the Lakers are in the nine spot right now. They're three games under 500. The nine seed in the Eastern Conference is the Hornets, who's one game above 500. It's crazy. The Hornets are better than the Lakers at this point in the season. At the trade deadline, the Charlotte Hornets have a better record than the Lakers. Hey, I'll tell you what. If you want to talk about narratives that would just, like, make me happy, Lakers, Pelicans, for all the marbles, loser goes home. Oh, God. If you have a chance for In- Brandon Ingram, to like, who got sent to purgatory in New Orleans to send LeBron packing, that would be too sweet. Oh, man. That is... That is wild. All right. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another show. We'll react to whatever trades are going on. Get you set as the Nuggets go back on the road. Uh, the homestand is done. They've got a two-game set, which is going to be not a particularly easy one. Uh, real quick, Celtics, Raptors, back-to-back Friday, Saturday. They get a couple days off, but back-to-back Celtics, Raptors is tough. Uh, do you have a prediction for the two-game road trip? Celtics are playing really well. Raptors on a back-to-back to schedule loss. Raptors also not like an easy team. I fear 0-2 on this one, Matt. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'll go 1-1. One one. Okay. They'll go They'll go 1-1. One one. If they beat the, the Celtics, they get the schedule loss. If they lose to the Celtics, they buck up and find a way to beat Toronto, who I will say, um, I am largely like not a big believer in the Raptors overall. For a variety of reasons, um, I watched their game versus Charlotte last night, and was really like Pascal Siakam is balling. He is playing really well, and um, unlike the Hornets, you should not leave Fred VanVleet open. They just decided to their their zone. The gap in their zone was Fred VanVleet, which was a bold choice by Lamelo Ball. All right, it's going to wrap it up for Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for everybody for joining. Thanks for the comment section for joining us. If you guys rule, if you guys want to join in on the show. Easy way to do it. Go to YouTube, search for Locked On Nuggets, hit the subscribe and like button, give us turn on the notifications, and you can join us nightly on the show. Make sure you give us those five star reviews on Apple. We're back tomorrow night with another podcast. That's right, Irwin, world's finest. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have yourselves a great week. We'll talk to you guys again on Locked On Nuggets.